Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast. Presented by HSMAI. The Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. And its Digital Marketing Council. And now, your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Digital Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 122. We're airing Friday, September 23rd, 2016, where every week we spend around 20 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in digital marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 10.30 a.m. Central U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. As a recap to our live show, uh, very quickly, we had Darlene Rondeau from Leonardo. For those who are unfamiliar, Leonardo is a rich media platform distributor and aggregator. Uh, They're moving into some interesting um, directions with some of their new products that she announced on our show today, a product called Viserly. V-I-Z-L-L-Y.com. And what it is is a commonality platform for building websites, basically, uh, for the non-technical user. Now, you may say, well, the WordPress and so forth are out there. Well, as with anything, not everything is free, and that includes WordPress. There are a lot of great plugins and so forth that are free, and there are a lot of very useful ones that aren't. And then there's also the learning curve associated with WordPress and making it secure, which is also a challenge. Any... um, a uh, common platform like WordPress or Joomla or Drupal, which are a little bit more advanced versions of the, what WordPress does, um, require uh, security updates. They require knowledge of what you're doing. And unfortunately, because of their size and scale, they draw the attention of hackers because there's always auto default settings like admin accesses and so forth that hackers tend to abuse quite quickly if you're not uh, well familiar with what you need to shut off and change in those platforms to make your website more secure. Nothing is worse than your 24-hour, seven-day-a-week salesperson website being down because somebody hacked into it and put a bunch of garbage up or tore it down because of being able to hack into it and put other things up. Whatever it may be, the idea is not a good one. So uh, Visly, Visly, I'm probably not saying it right. And of course, if uh, um, Darlene listens to this, she'll be like cringing, like, oh, he's not saying it right. (laughs) But it is an interesting product. It is released. Uh, Go to Visly, V-I-Z-L-L-Y.com. Uh, it'll tell you all the details associated with its services and what it's providing. Uh, there were some very interesting aspects of it that we'll talk briefly about in the show recap. Uh, we started the show talking about the democratization of online marketing, which is why we were leading into this platform discussion. Because um, we love, as everyone does our live show, know that we take about 25, 30 minutes with our guest co-host, this uh, with Darlene this week, and allow them to basically pick whatever they wanted to talk about. And Darlene was quite nice. She didn't want to necessarily do product pitch, but we... We pushed her on the issue because we were very all curious about the product's functionality and its real value proposition. So she started the conversation with the democratization of online marketing, where 
going to this need for access that we all have for making our websites and our online presence, um, there's also that, as we said, learning curve associated with doing it right and not making too many mistakes that cost us a lot of money in that process. Um, they, we also discussed about challenges of this mass ex, uh, access that usually keeps us as consultants and agencies in business because there's the frustration of not doing it well and needing somebody to fix what you can't fix for yourself or not having a clear strategy or through your learning curve realize that your strategy was not well conceived at the beginning and that you have to backstep a few steps to reconfigure it to a more proper, uh, properly aligned market strategy. Uh, and all this is all learning tools for the masses of, of people that are untrained, not necessarily not capable, but are, are untrained on these platforms. So the conversation was very good in relationship to that. Uh, that's when we delved into the Visley product. Um, what was going on. They, uh, Darlene kind of took an idea that we've been floundering with for a while. It, it takes a lot of logistics to uh, create and she has uh, surmounted that and is announcing the first online summit that, Dar that um, Leonardo is hosting on the current customer journey. Now, what makes this interesting is that one of our own co-hosts, Edward St. Ange from Flip2, will be one of the guest speakers to this. It'll be an online summit similar to what we're going to be doing uh, at the beginning of the year, next year, uh, but not so specific to a topic as this current customer journey, but more in relationship to functional, practical, usable how-tos, uh, where we'll be doing our own day-long summit, and it'll be segmented up into different platforms, different speakers, different audiences, and different capabilities of really teaching how things are to be done, not just the conversations associated with the topic, but the actual functionalities of how to perform what is being discussed, how to set up campaigns, what are the things to do with campaigns. That will be the direction of our summit, but this summit, uh, equal in merit, is about the customer journey. And to find that, you can do that in our show notes. You'll see the link to leonardo.com slash about slash upcoming dash events. And that is the link to their summit that's coming, I believe, October 27th of this year. So kudos to them for getting launched off the ground. Um, some of the things we did talk about, we talked about the adaptive use of rich media. And what do we mean by this? It's all fun and fancy words, but we tend to go over and put images up on our website and then leave them there. We don't change them. And even though our business model changes, even our business cycle changes, even though our reasons for for travel to our properties change, we don't seem to change our images. We kind of shove them into one bag. And then if, of course, people are on our website, they can be exposed to these pictures. But what about the adaptive use of, up, of uploading and um, updating our images to be more reflective of the seasonalities, purposes for travel? Um, interest in events for travel. Uh, and of course, and Edward uh, St. Ange from Flip2 made this very clear, the consumer fed content that you can now get from all of the of people that enjoy your product and can share their experiences with their friends and family. As we discussed in last week's show, the the Facebooks of the world that are really tailoring this, this algorithms of what content they provide to you, and a large majority of that, 85% of that, is to your friends and family. Well, rather than fighting it as a business, trying to hope for uh, some level of exposure for your business page. Instead, rely upon the people that enjoy your product to share it with their friends and family, which is almost guaranteeing exposure to a whole next level audience 
of people on platforms like Facebook. Uh, rather than having to think that you have to constantly pay for, as we discussed in the show, uh, and eventually you will just have to pay for, uh, there will be no organic option to this if you're not of a sizable uh, audience or relative content posting. Uh, you will have to pay for any exposure. You'll have to be the one that always has to pony up on the money to have any of your postings seen because you will basically be irrelevant or of not of a size that Facebook will share your organic content. So this gives you a large open door to exposing your organic content with the friends and family that will share it with people because they want to share their experience, their good experience, their hospitality, satisfying experience with your property. And that goes back to our conversations many times about the developing of membership rewards or and great customer interactions that are personalizing their experience with you so that they are loyal to you in the lifetime cycle. Again, we're going over old territory. We've spoken to this a number of times uh, repetitively on our show. So it's just a constant theme of reminding people we are in the hospitality business. Good hospitality benotes good business. So that's the core of what we do. These are just tools that help the communication going. So going back to the Adaptive Rich Media, the recommendations out of the conversation were, of course, the seasonality of pictures and also the demographic specific images um, that you can use as in profiling and discussing the type of people that come to your property should be reflected in the pictures that you have for your property. Not to be exclusionary of anybody, but then again, you can drive yourself crazy diversifying yourself too much. Ethnicities, genders, age groups, the list could go on and on and on. And what you end up having is if you put try to put too many of those variants in, you create a confusion because people may not identify with or understand why there's so many different re reflections of people in your pictures. And as we discussed in earlier shows, some of your pictures don't need people in them. Some of them need to be without people. But then again, all too easily, there are pictures that should be. You should never have an empty restaurant picture or an empty bar picture or even for that matter, an empty pool picture. Um, <laughs> those are things that re require social interaction. So people should be reflected in those pictures as a place where it's popular, it's friendly, it's comfortable, that um, people can identify by putting themselves in that picture. We've had these discussions and we're just reiterating what we've said before. But to that point also, Ed later in the show did bring out uh, an interesting statement where he was talking about how um, images of themselves need to be... Um, related to certain business types. Uh, the professional traveler is what he was referring to. And what we mean by that is that um, professional travelers are people that they, they're used to traveling and they would prefer actually that they travel with you during your need periods because they're not fighting the crowds that make you popular. They're not fighting the diversity of demographics that they may not relate to, that they enjoy that the kids quite literally are back to school and that the pool isn't a maelstrom of people running around uh, at all times, but they, it's a quiet place that they can enjoy. So knowing the types of uh, variations to your traveling experience that you can cater to and with the tools that we talk about on this show, being able to really tailor those marketing strategies to specific demographics and specific business types uh, really are the fine point to the pencil when it comes to your market strategy, especially going into 2017 to take full advantage of those. So um, other things we discussed, uh, we did and we will take uh, some time when we talk about our tools section, Google's trip app. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but we did touch in a little bit on the live show as well. Um, we did talk about the fact that Expedia says it stopped its dimming practice in a recent news article, which we'll wait to see. Maybe they stopped it just for that day so the article go out. I'm a bit of a skeptic to that because 
as we discussed, it's a merchandising tool. It's not, um, Expedia owes nobody uh, guaranteed exposure. And of course, they only want to expose those people on their paid for platform that are giving them money to do so. So by showing your property dimmed, meaning as if it looks like there's no inventory available, uh, they're really just merchandising, prioritizing whom they expose to. I'm not a fan of it by any stretch of the means, but you can't fault them for the fact that it's not a public platform. It's a paid for platform. And if they choose to go over and leverage that exposure that they are paying for in ways that makes people pay more money with them, it's kind of their choice to do, unfortunately. We also touched on uh, different tools, which will be in the show notes, uh, links associated with uh, statistics for Airbnb markets. I, I was uh, surprised pleasantly, it was shared in a previous conversation I had on another meeting, the certain links that are in the, uh, the show notes that you can look at some markets as to the actual Airbnb inventory and the type of inventory and its impact and rates. Um, interesting data, especially if you're in those markets, as to how it might change some of your revenue management strategies, knowing about that inventory in comparison to your star report inventory, let's say. Um, other aspects, uh, Expedia launched its revenue management tool for hotels. We, uh, and again, in the show notes, has a link to that, which uh, we look as a uh, double-edged sword. Uh, incredibly useful right now and helpful, but as uh, was mentioned by Tim and Ed, probably something we'll complain about in the future because of its usability. Um, with that, I think, oh, we did also mention too that uh, finally Marriott and Starwood are married. Uh, we did have a little bit of a lively discussion of whether or not there will be 30 or 27 brands that survive. There are some questions as to overlaps and then exclusivities that were offered to certain brand types. And now there's a bit of a conflict of interest because from both sides, Starwood and Marriott, they made certain commitments as to the durability of some brands, but they're now coexisting in the same markets. So do they leave themselves as frenemies or do they stay highly competitive? Is there crossover in the uh, membership program? Which, by the way, did strike a lot of people's interest that it was the first thing that got immediately connected after the announcement. It made uh, membership for both Marriott and Starwood slightly nervous that they were immediately offered a link to meld their their accounts together. Um, which usually, if you look at the airports and there's going to be the airlines when they, uh, like for instance, when American Airlines and U.S. Airways got together, it took them several months before they started creating that crossover, but obviously the prioritization for Marriott is very high. As a matter of fact, we mentioned on uh, several shows back that when asked what was the main, major motivation to buy Starwood was to create the mutual membership, to gather the membership value of Starwood, almost creating a secondary interest in actual locations of properties and the assets of the properties that really Marriott saw the vision of the future as being the membership relationship that Starwood had. Even though Starwood's membership was smaller than Marriott, Marriott's, um, the value of combining them was their ultimate first goal in the merger between the two, which very impressive to think about. And we did touch briefly on uh, Carlson's uh, membership uh, new membership uh, program that they launched. And old news, but uh, but new news, Yahoo, all of a sudden everybody woke up to the idea that 500 million people lost their identity on Yahoo even before Yahoo announced being sold. But um, as Ed pointed out, the news uh, uh, industry finally found it noteworthy to go, hey, wait a minute, that's actually a big deal. Let's, let's make sure everybody really, really realizes that 500 million people just lost their identities through Yahoo. So we touched on that for a little bit. So some content we didn't get to on the show that I'd like to bring up today and also speak a little bit to um, 
the Google Travel app. But first thing, I want to read this statement that out of an uh, article that just came along. Some 40% of visits to U.S. travel sites now come from mobile devices. 40%, 4-0. Additionally, mobile accounts for 60% of destination information searches. 60%. And two-thirds of all watch time for top travel videos on YouTube happen on smartphones. So two-thirds of the video, sh- video watching of travel videos on YouTube is on a smartphone, a small screen. As travel planners get closer to booking, smartphones continue to play a role, as in the decision to book and the action to book are beginning to happen on the mobile platform. I say that before I talk now about um, the new Google Trip app, uh, because I was very impressed with it. I, I've, over the years, I've tried to develop itinerary developing apps, apps that would be able to uh, help with your travel process. Uh, I was a very early adopter on the idea that you don't sell uh, heads and beds, you sell your destination that your hotel is in, that you don't try to keep them internally in your property and increase the conversion to your restaurants by ignoring the restaurants around you. You instead include all the great things that surround your hotel as an incentive for why people want to base their vacation from your hotel. Remember, any vacation we have is our memories are based from our hotel. It's, that's the epicenter of our entire you know, experience when we travel abroad, whether for leisure or even for business. So with that in mind, I was very impressed with what Google has done with their app, as Google can only do. What they did is they created this new Google Trips app. Now, what makes this unique, there's a couple of things, that, more than a couple of things, a few things that make this unique. One, it operates offline if you choose it to, which if anybody's traveled abroad and didn't have a data plan that they wanted to exercise when they got off the plane, that's a huge deal. Just recently, I went to Shanghai. Not having data uh, and also not being able to read the signs, it makes it very challenging uh, where you can't just use Google Translate to take a picture of the sign and it translates it for you. You just can't look up a map because maps don't work if you don't have data plans. Um, there are, of course, other apps that do have GPS capabilities and so forth, but a lot of your functional value that you use your phone for go away when you don't have data. So this Google Trips actually works without data. All the pre-planning and information and so forth stay on your phone. And again, that's not uniquely new, but where it gets its data from is it feeds from your Gmail accounts and your Google account in general. So anything that you have been using your Gmail account for, for flight plans, hotel plans, what have you, immediately get pulled into this app. And in a very spooky, friendly way, it actually then... We'll go over and start showing you reservations, things to do, saved places, food and drink. You can create an itinerary and it'll tell you how far it is of a walk or whether or not you need to pick up an Uber car or can that actually fit into your daily schedule that day. And all the stuff that you can do are kept on the phone. So say, for instance, if you're on Wi-Fi at the hotel, once you leave that hotel, all your data that you need, all this, this itinerary information still stays with you. But again, the really uniquely... Mm, comfortable uncomfortable thing is that all this data is pulled automatically so it's very tailored to your interests it's very tailored to what you have as plans you don't have to start from scratch to put again your itinerary together or your plans together it already leapfrogs you into that position now google has had some other cool apps they've had field trip which i always thought was fascinating that it basically will let you know what was in proximity to you 
and you could indicate what you would be most interested in. So it didn't tell you everything that was in the area, but it told the things that were most related. Something like a road tripper app. If you're not familiar with that app, it, it was I use it for drive travel a lot, where you indicate your trip, your route, and then you say, I'm willing to go three, six, or 12 miles off my route to go see something of interest. And these are the categories I'm interested in. And it literally will show you where the biggest ball of twine is, so to speak, on the process of your route. And you choose whether you want to add that to your itinerary or not. Well, Google does the same thing. Field trip did it a little bit. And now, now Google has advanced that conversation to where now it interacts with you so seamlessly into your Gmail and your, your travel plans and your preferences because of what you look at and engage with that it really has refined the points of interest without you having to designate them, your travel without you having to identify it, and your functionality for all of those things by um, how to get there, how long to spend there, what to get to when you're while you're there, uh, just all the little nuances to make it a more enjoyable. I didn't miss anything when I traveled their experience. So if you haven't looked at it, now the links for all this are in our show notes. So you can go take a look at all the links associated with the articles we've been talking about, um, including the app itself. Um, and now that also has come to desktop. So as you get into your Google Maps, now there's a trip planner button that's in there as well so that you can actually begin to use uh, for your process. So uh, it's 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 a next generation step in trip travel planning. And this all goes back to our content conversations. If you're not providing content, just as our live show discussed about rich media content and image content and video content, all of these apps like this can't function with you as the content they're recommending. Because without it, you providing it, they won't know how to indicate what your, in, your, your product is for somebody that may be particularly interested in it. So uh, again, having content, distributing the content, and using the content effectively are all the real key successes, especially going into 2017. So there you have it. Uh, tool uh, is our Google app this week. Take a look at it, Google Trips. Um, our live recap of the show, uh, all the links to our, our, our discussions are in the travel notes for the podcast. Um, and so you can go there and to look at them at your leisure. Uh, thank you for the time. We're at 20 minutes now, which we try to keep it right around so that you don't miss anything from listening to us while in the commute or driving or whatever. Uh, we do this every Friday um, at 2 o'clock on Friday after our live show, which is at 10.30. Remember, you can find us on Google Play or Apple iTunes or TalkShoe or SoundCloud or Stitcher, no matter which one you may use. If you like the show, please rate it and leave a comment. That helps us be found and discovered by other people. And please share it for those of you find that this is useful and helpful information. And uh, let them register and uh, subscribe as well on any of those platforms. Also, if this is the first time you're hearing us, you can subscribe to our show on any of those platforms, as mentioned. And for an archive of all of our previous podcasts, you can go to Hospitality Digital Market marketing.com forward slash podcast and don't forget that our live video talk show you can join and participate in is every friday at 10 30 central u.s time called this week in hospitality digital marketing the show uh, we do host it on a platform called hausa h-u-z-z-a.io or simply go to uh, hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. That's hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. And with that, you have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next Friday on Hospitality Digital Marketing, the podcast. You have been listening to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast with Lauren Gray. Presented by the Digital Marketing Council of HSMAI the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All views expressed are those of the host and his guests and do not reflect upon HSMAI or the sponsors of the podcast. 
podcast and its content is protected by international copyrights. Any use not authorized by hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com is in violation. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.